that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask for pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. I am the Good Shepherd, we're told in St. John. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. We can thank our Lord for this image of the Good Shepherd. <clears throat> it's one of the major ways that our Lord has wanted him to be known, himself to be known. We've seen the picture of the shepherd carrying the sheep. And we can be particularly grateful in the work for the Good Shepherds that God has given to us. And see that our Lord says he's not just a shepherd, but a good shepherd. It's possible to be a bad shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And so today is a particular day to pray for the good shepherd, to offer everything for him. Somebody once told Don Javier, Father, I broke my arm and I'm offering this thing for you. <coughs> and Don Javier said, no, everything, everything not just this particular thing. The Father needs all the help we can give him, all that arterial blood of which we're capable of sending him to help him to be better, to grow, to handle all the things that he has to do and to handle. When Don Fernando was in Singapore, he mentioned how all the unpleasant things reach the Father. In any family, that's what happens. And that's one of the reasons why we have to support the Father an awful lot. The Father gets to hear a lot of things that maybe we don't hear or we don't know. And as to guide the work in this particular period of history, the great responsibility. Don Alvaro and I get together once talked about how it's important, he said, to pray for the successes of our Father. Because the weight of the work, he said, is very heavy. And that was Don Alvaro speaking. Great weight on his shoulders. We as small children don't fully grasp what that means. But we do know that there's something important there. I am the good shepherd. And I know my own and my own know me. One of the ways that we are united to the Good Shepherd is to be united to the local council, to the local director. If the local director is happy with us, well, you can be sure God, the Father is happy with us and God is happy with us. It's an index we have of our unity. And it's an aspect of our unity that we have to always work at, no matter where we are or what center we're in. <coughs> unity at every level. Somebody was in St. Peter's Square once and happened to get to the barrier and when John Paul II was passing by, told him, Father, we're, Holy Father, we're very united to you, praying a lot for you. And immediately the Pope said, through your prelate, through your prelate. So there are channels of unity. And those channels of unity become very important. Somebody could be very united to the Pope 
might, might not be so united to the prelate or to the local director, then there would be a problem. If the devil can place a wedge between us and those who are there with the grace of state, well, he'd won a great battle. Many bad things come from lack of unity at every level. And that's one of the reasons why we hear an awful lot about this virtue. Our father said, if you had not passed through my head and through my heart, you've mistaken the way. Kiss the, kiss the ground that my successors walk on. And so our father wanted us to have a certain antenna for that aspect of unity to his successor, to his head and to his heart. And so every time that we receive something from the Father, just a few lines or some indication or some note, well, that's important for us. There is spiritual food there, spiritual nourishment. It's an opportunity to be united to the vine. Jesus, give me a great desire to be always united to the vine and more united all the time because it's from there that all graces flow. That's what makes our apostate more effective. Not our great talents or our great abilities or our great successes or our great failures, but our unity to the vine. Because through that unity to the vine over time, great things come, great fruits come. And sometimes the Father sends us longer letters. We have to go back and read them and reread them. A program for our whole life could be to read and reread the letters of our father or Don Alvaro or the present father. So that we come to know those letters like the back of our hand. There's great spiritual gold there, which we are meant to acquire to live and to pass on to other people. So that we absorb those ideas. So that we're concerned about where the father is grazing. What's the father thinking about? What's he dreaming about? What are his concerns? And one of the concerns that the father has been speaking to us a lot about in the past couple of years is friendship. Everything related to friendship. And so every time we hear something about friendship, well, our ear has to cock a little bit. Now, when we go back or see him mention that word, it's one particular area where Obviously, our Lord wants us to grow and to be better, to improve the quality of our friendship, to understand a little better what friendship is. And another idea that the Father is beginning to speak to us about again and again is the coming 100th anniversary of the founding of the work. He has the responsibility at this moment in time of preparing us for that. It's interesting when you look back at the pontificate of John Paul II, one great idea he had throughout the early 20 years of his pontificate was that God had called him to lead the church into the third millennium. He spoke about that an awful lot. He had a great sense of who he was in time, his role. When you begin to sense that the Father is saying something similar to us, he's called to lead the work into the next hundred years. 
to look back and see all the incredible things that have been achieved through the life of our father, Don Alvaro and Javier. And if all of that has been achieved in the past hundred years, well then we have every duty and responsibility and obligation to dream incredible things for what has to happen in the coming hundred and two hundred years. In spite of the difficulties and the atmosphere of society, we've come to drown evil in an abundance of good. And the way we do that is through our unity to the divine. And so every little prayer or every little thing that we offer for the Father is an act of unity. And small little things can be acts of unity. One time Don Alvaro was going into the conference center in Barcelona and he slipped on the step a little bit, lost his balance, looked as though he was about to fall and people rushed to him to to help him and in that awkward moment when people gave him a little more attention immediately he said al padre al padre to the father to the father <coughs> didn't want to distract in any moment from the attention that was due to to the father that's our north our focal point and there will be special things when we read and reread the words of the Father that speak to us in deep ways. Our retreat is a particularly interesting moment to go back and have another look at those, some of those letters or to make sure we get through them little by little. We have volumes and volumes. We find the Holy Spirit will speak to us <coughs> in a special way, a deep way. And probably we have the experience that we might read a book written by some saint or some great classic work of spirituality and we might learn something from it. But somehow the writings of the Father or our Father reach us much more. <coughs> they mean much more to us. They reach deep into our soul. The priest of the work in Asia used to say that having read many great classical works of spirituality. Well, the conclusion was that all the things that our Father and Don Alvaro write, well, they sort of sum up for us all those great works. So we almost don't have to read them. They're presented to us, packaged for us on a plate. Our Lord at the Last Supper talked a lot about unity. That you may be one something we have to foster, to love, to defend, have a great concern for. And the unity that we see in the work at the moment is a great gift of God, something we can't take for granted. Sometimes you hear things about other supernatural families in the church and well, you realize they don't have the same sort of unity that we have. And some of those supernatural families have been around for hundreds of years. It's a sort of reminder to us that we have to take very good care of our spirit of unity. So that hundreds of years from now, we'll be able to transmit to people the same spirit of unity, of unity that, we have, that we have received. And Alvaro used to say that he felt this was one of the great gifts that God had worked through our Father. 
the unity of the work. So many people in different places, different ages, different cultures, different backgrounds, but yet united as in one family. And God has given us that one focal point of unity, the Father. I was taking care of the door one time in Villatevere and with somebody else, and that other person had to make a call to Don Javier, who at the time was the Secretary General of the Work. It was June 14, it was his birthday, and this person greeted Don Javier, Felicidades Don Javier, and immediately Don Javier said, the important thing today is to keep in mind the intentions of the Father. Which was a rather beautiful thing to say. And here we are speaking about it many years later. If that was our birthday and somebody wished us a happy birthday, we might say, well, thank you very much. Today's the day to pray for me. <coughs> My day. Huh? Remember me today. Huh? But immediately Don Javier deflected that whole greeting to the Father. Didn't miss an opportunity. Didn't miss a beat. Everything for the Father. We live to foster that sort of unity, to transmit it with our lives, with our thoughts, with our words. So the people sense that unity, supernumeraries, cooperators, friends. And often that unity will can demand a certain humility. We're called to disappear, to be links in a chain, to foster that unity in every way that we can. And that means fostering the unity to the local council, to the director, in big things and in small things. And as we get older in the work, well, we may find the directors get younger and younger because we're getting older and older. And so the logical thing is that, well, they find that maybe the director is much younger than us sometime. And that, that becomes all the more important. <clears throat> there might be a situation where we have more knowledge or more experience or more this or more that. But that person is the one chosen by God to guide us, to lead, transmit formation to make the decisions. And that's where humility may come in. Over and above my own personal thoughts or ideas or opinions, the pathway to follow is the one that has been laid down. Unless you've passed through my head and through my heart, you've mistaken the way. (coughs) So it's to that head and that heart we have to try and be united. And that unity then demands a certain obedience. We do what we're told, we do what we're asked. We give that priority because that's the thing that has been asked of me. This is what the Father wants of me in this particular moment, in this center. This is how I bring the work forward in the greatest, most effective possible way. To go here, to go there, or not to go here, or not to go there. I might have some dream that I be far more effective if I uh, go and stand on the uh, steps of Consolata eight hours a day and talk to everybody going in and out of Consolata Shrine. I could do a fantastic apostolate. Somebody told me that once in another country. 
Well, that may be a great idea. <laughs> it's true, we might do an awful lot of things, standing there talking to all those people. But that's not our pathway. That's not what God is asking of us. We're meant to be in the place where we're supposed to be, doing what we're asked to do. And learning how to be happy there, peaceful, calm, joyful, optimistic. Because this is the best. This is where God has placed me. This is where his graces will help me to a maximum degree. And so our unity is the pathway to effectiveness. We might have some wonderful idea that we think is the greatest idea that was ever thought of to bring all the apostolic things forward. And it might be a great idea. But this might not be the right time. It might not be the right moment. One of the things we've been told by the Father in the last few months is that it was written there somewhere in one of the communications that it has been decided that this is not the moment to begin the process of beatification of Don Javier. I sort of mentioned quietly. Interesting little decision. See, the Father has to look at everything that's happening in the church. Maybe it's not the right moment to push because it looks as though we want everyone to be canonized, which we do. <laughs> but there's a time and a place for everything. Prudence. Father has to be very prudent. Sir Thomas Aquinas was asked once, there were three candidates to be the superior general of the Dominicans. Three possible people. One person was very holy, one person was very learned, and one person was very prudent. And he was asked his opinion. Which of the three people do you think should be the superior general? And he replied, well, if so-and-so is very holy, let them make us holy. If so-and-so is very learned, let them make us learned. But if so-and-so is very prudent, let them govern us. Because in the business of government, prudence is the most important virtue, or one of the most important virtues. So we can be sure that the people who occupy positions of government in the work the main reason is because they're very prudent people. And if the Father is the one that the Holy Spirit has placed there, it's because of his prudence. We need prudent people to make the right decisions. And so Lord, help us to love that unity, to thank you for the good shepherds, to savor everything that comes to us through the good shepherds, to be attentive, give importance to what he says, and to try to correspond by giving the Father a blank check. What is it that you want of me? How can I be better? How can I be more effective? How can I contribute more? And we know that the one thing that the Father wants of us is our holiness, our virtue. It's not a question of physically doing more things, but of growing in the way that we do them with more love. Because our life is all about, all about love. In scripture we're told, the saints ask for the applause of our deeds. But say the Father also asks for the applause of our deeds. Not our nice desires or just our nice thoughts, but the applause of our deeds. Fidelity. Taking care of little things. Our expense account. 
sanctifying the ordinary, being good children, having a certain care and concern for the, for the future, for vocations, always, thinking, dreaming, these wonderful things. And at the moment in this region, well, it looks as though we're, well, hopefully going to experience a bit of an explosion apostolically. Certainly, I sense it. There are retreats taking place all over the place. There are many people coming to them. You're probably aware there was, I think, a first retreat in Meru a few weeks ago. There was another one in Neri for St. Gabriel and also St. Raphael. In Kisumu this coming weekend there's a retreat. So, and people haven't had retreats for a couple of years, some of them. So now nearly every priest in the region is given retreats left, right and centre. A lot of people coming in contact. A lot of people hungry for good things. I planned to circle this Thursday in Kisumu at the usual time, but one priest couldn't make it. So I said, okay, well, instead of 4.30, I can give you a personal circle at 2.30. And somebody else in the group said, well, I can't make it in the afternoon. Could you give me another one in the morning? <laughs> so I said, well, I'm sorry, I'm traveling in the morning. No? But what's interesting is to see, even among the priests there, feeling the need for something. They're hungry hmm? for spiritual things. And there's almost nobody else around who can give the sort of spiritual things that God has given to us to give to people. And the Father presides over all of this great activity, great hunger. Pope Francis says the, the great spiritual emptiness in the world. And in some ways we've, called, we've been called to fill that. And the Father sees all this hunger all over the world and sees the instrument that God has placed in his hands to satisfy that hunger. Every last soul looking for truth, looking for beauty, looking for love. And the Father has to try and think, well, how can we work at this? How can we be more effective? And so we're hearing about regions that are amalgamating. And we're also hearing that, well, it may work, it may not work. Sort of an experiment. But you can sort of see how, at the head of the work, the Father is trying different things. How can we do more? How can we reach more places? Concern of the Father. The work is in our hands. We have to try and think with the mind and of the heart of our Father and of the Father. Responsibility. Our Father used to say, don't leave me alone. <clears throat> don't leave me to carry this burden alone and so Lord help us to feel that weight and at the same time to realize <clears throat> that the father is well a human person like any one of us with ups and downs and talents and abilities and weaknesses I was driving the father Don Fernando from the men's centre of the women's sector in Singapore one morning, the day they had arrived, they arrived in seven, seven in the morning, having flown from Delhi through the night. And I asked him, well, how are you feeling? Probably hadn't slept that night, full of jet lag. And his response was, well, I think it's three in the morning in Rome time. <laughs> it didn't need much more explanation. <clears throat> so 
The father spends himself moving around the world. And, well, our observation in, in, in Singapore was that while Don Javier and Don Joaquin, they managed the jet lag reasonably well. They've experienced a lot of traveling and they could handle a lot of these things, but Don Fernando didn't handle the jet lag too well. <laughs> it was a difficult thing. But yes, he has to step into those shoes and do a lot of things that maybe he doesn't find so easy. The father talks, our father talks a lot about the spiritual paternity. Don, Don Alvaro, in a letter in January 90, anniversary of the founding of the <coughs> section of the work, talks about union with the head. I want now to detain myself for a moment in another capital aspect of unity. In one of his letters, our father left written some words that constitute now and for always a palpable signs, palpable sign of our Lord's plans for the work. Our father said, I cannot cease to lift up my soul in thanksgiving to God, from whom all fatherhood in heaven and on earth takes its name. For having given me this spiritual paternity, which with his grace I have assumed with full awareness of being on this earth only to carry it out. For this reason I love you with the heart of a father and of a mother. A father leaves these words about spiritual paternity for all of his successors, the role they have to play. And then Alvaro continues, since the 15th of September 1975, I have also united myself to that thanksgiving because I have the profound awareness of being now the recipient of this spiritual paternity, truly essential for the work. We need paternity. After the election of Don Javier, he mentioned, I think in the get-together, how he found it very difficult for people to call him father. And somebody who was there said, well, father, please get used to it very quickly because we desperately need a father. <laughs> it was a rather nice, spontaneous sort of comment. We need the spiritual paternity. It's a great thing that we have, a good shepherd, somebody to guide us instrument of the Holy Spirit. I also, with the grace of God, live only from my children, so that each and every one of you may be happy here below, and especially so that we reach that happiness of heaven. Each day I experience that participation in that divine paternity, which leads me to continually think about your good, and I confirm to you that I feel corresponded to by each one of you, enveloped by your, or wrapped around by your affection and your prayers. And I firmly convinced that you sustain me among all, each of you. Father depends on that prayer, and someday maybe for that extra mortification. Our Father told us if ever we had something to do someday that cost us a little more. Some exterior thing or maybe some interior pain or difficulty. He said, if you offer it for my intentions and for me, you'll find it easier to bear. It's a great thing to remember in moments of difficulty. 
I'm very mindful of those conclusions that our father talked about after a certain family get-together. I know he said that as your father I will give an account to God of your fidelity, of how I've helped you. But you'll also give an account to God of how you have supported the father so that he would be a person who struggles each day with greater passion to be united to our Lord. I support myself continually, he says, in the task of governing the work. In the innumerable occasions in which each day you ask God for the Father, making use of that invocation that our Father included in the precious Oremus Propatri. And so we could try to use that a little more, think a little more of the Father. And also the channels that he's given to us. In a special way, he wants us to or to take care of that unity by being united to the people who are there to govern us locally. In calling to mind these words of our founder, I invite you in a particular way that your union to the Father would be manifested in your union to the directors. The spirit of filiation in the work passes necessarily through those who in each particular moment our Lord has placed so that they would govern the regions and the centers. Obey them in a refined way, understand them, love them, support them, pray for them. And when it's necessary, help them with fraternal correction, which is a wonderful demonstration of affection, of fortitude, and of unity. And so the Father talks about unity all the way down through the line. We might find ourselves in a St. Gabriel local council or in some other local council, St. Raphael local council, maybe in a satellite city, maybe in a new country sometime. And all the time, you have to have that clear idea that I'm here to be united to whoever the Holy Spirit has placed in charge. Because that's the way everything will go forward. And every little thing that comes to me from them then is important. And I support them when I live our spirit, when I try to give more fraternal corrections, when I try to be on time with my print account, when I take care of this little material detail, everything fosters that unity. We can ask Our Lady in a special way to, to look after the Father. He has difficult shoes to step into, playing a great game. To help us to understand his importance not just for the work, but also the role of the prelate of Opus Dei in the church of this particular moment of history and how the Father has to fulfill that role. Each time, well, the historical moment changes, it passes. There's a new aspect to that role and the Father has to fulfill that role at this particular moment. Mary, Queen of Opus Dei, pray for us. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into practice. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.